and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back. <laughs> welcome back to an Evolved Review. I am your host, James Caleb Kitchens, and I am joined by my co-host. Not only is he the voice of Viral Pro Wrestling, not only is he wearing a cool-ass Flatline Pro Wrestling t-shirt, not only is he the number one consumer of wrestling content in the United States of America, but he is also <laughs> the host, the proprietor, the namesake of the Stovall Wrestling Network, Caleb Stovall. Welcome back. <laughs> What's going on? Should, are, are you sure I should call you uh, Kitchens or, or should I call you Road Dog? <laughs> yeah, or, that. Or, or, or should I call you uh, what a lot of people probably refer to you as Mr. Ass? <laughs> I, I actually have answered to that one a few times. Uh, <laughs> that, that has happened. But um, with no further ado, I would like to welcome everyone back. This is season two. As you've noticed, we've changed the format up a little bit, but it's not just the video format that we've changed up. It's not just the video layout. It's that you can now hear these nice, crisp voices pretty much anywhere that you get your podcast from. We are now available in our audio format, uh, something that I've wanted kind of from day one of this. So you can hear us on Anchor. You can hear us on Google Podcasts. You can hear us on Spotify. You can hear us on Radio Public. Uh, Stitcher, I mean, pretty much everything. Uh, we we are not on Apple Podcasts yet. Uh, that has nothing to do with my personal vendetta against Apple. Uh, we are we are going to make it there. Uh, it's just taking a little bit of time. Uh, there's a process, folks. So uh, hang tight. Uh, this episode will probably uh, debut on there. Uh, we'll probably be on there before this episode airs so i'm gonna try to get these like day and date so when we air them live on sunday on facebook um they will be available within 24 hours on all of the audio platforms um That's awesome. so, so so they're not vince mcmahoning you no they are not vince mcmahoning me i don't have to wait 30 days um <laughs> or was it 90 was it 90 i think it's 90 yeah. 90 day no compete clause I'll never understand what the purpose was in like a, a live, like serialized program that, you know, it's like nobody, I mean, 30 days later, I mean, you, you might as well not even watch it at that point, unless there was just some stellar match on there. I mean, any storyline you might try to watch, if you're going to try to get the pay-per-view on the network, uh, I've just never understood that. It's like, I always liked the idea of like the premium subscription to the network where, somebody could pay like twenty nine ninety nine and they could get everything same day. You know, something like that would have been amazing because a lot of people, nobody wants to bounce to their different sources to get their stuff, right? If I got to watch your show on USA, I don't, I'm not going to then have your network. And I, it's like, just let me pay one price like Netflix or anybody else. Netflix doesn't, you know, give me one season of, the witcher and then tell me i have to go to the theater for season two and then there's a movie that in between season two and three that i gotta catch on like hulu or some shit you know right so well i i, I agree but i think you know a lot of that comes down to contracts it is know? and I ad mean, revenue is a huge source of their income right now Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, they have those contracts with USA. And then, of course, they have that big, huge contract with Fox that they signed recently last year and everything like that. Exactly. And 
I think also that was probably one of the biggest criticisms of the network when it first started. And it probably still is in a lot of ways because I don't think anyone, you know, because Vince, a lot of the times it seems like he'll just do it. Like, like he's just like, Hey, Nope, we're ready. Let's go now. And then probably someone was back there saying, Hey man, uh, you, you haven't factored in all of this stuff. You haven't factored in the ad revenue. You haven't factored in the contracts with USA. You haven't factored in any of this kind of stuff. So, you know. And and that's kind of the, um, you know, I, I don't want to get too far into it, but, uh, you know, that is that is sort of the issue today is it's like, you know, there's this big contract with Fox and all these other networks uh, that they might work with and, they really, at this point in time, it's not so much ratings that they're after anymore. They just want content, man. They have to fight off Netflix. They have to fight off Amazon. They have to fight off HBO. Um, and so you've got this scenario where they really just need content. And for WWE, who puts out three episodes of television every single week, pretty much all year of new content... Uh, that's a huge get for them. And that's really what Fox wanted out of it, ultimately, I think. Well, they definitely got it. And um, Fox, you know, to their credit, because I, I watch a lot of uh, FS1 because uh, uh, one of my, I, I guess one of my shows that I just kind of put on every day is uh, The Herd and Undisputed, where they talk about sports and stuff like that. And literally... Almost every single commercial I see, they are advertising SmackDown. So yeah. they're really behind it. They are, yeah. I mean, it's it's theirs to make or break, you know. Um, they have no reason to want it to fail. It's kind of like when Dynamite came to uh, TNT, everybody was saying, you know, hey, uh, you know, they're, they're immediately playing, you know, they're playing commercials during like the NBA finals for yeah, Dynamite and stuff. You know, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's a mutual partnership. You know, they don't sign somebody on and then want them to fail. You know, they want you to tune in. They want you watching TNT as much as your eyeballs can stand to watch TNT. Um, that being said, you know, I wasn't going to talk about this, but, uh, you know, fuck it. It's season two. We can do whatever we want. Uh, <laughs> we we could do whatever we wanted anyway, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's our fucking show. Uh, so uh, did you happen to catch the Tyson fight? Uh, well, I heard a lot about it. I, I did not happen to catch it, uh, but I've heard mixed things about it. I've heard people are, I've, I've mostly heard people are pissed about it. Yeah, I, I saw a little bit of that and, and man, you know, I really don't, I really don't get it. Um, I thought, so I'm not a boxing guy, right? So this, uh, this sort of, if you're a boxing fan or something like that, then I don't really have the opinion on that. You know, I don't really... That's not where I'm coming from, but for somebody I'm like a guy, yeah, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not really a huge MMA fan, but I, when Brock Lesnar was UFC champion, I watched every single one of those his title defenses, title matches. If if I get into somebody, I also liked uh, Chuck Liddell a lot. Yeah. If I get into someone, I will attach to that person, and there's an important lesson for wrestling and just about everything else there too. When it comes to like personality, somebody doesn't have to be a wrestling fan to be a fan of you. And I am a huge fan of Mike Tyson. Okay. Uh, even though I'm not a boxing person. Um, and so I was like, Mike Tyson's going to fight for the first time in 15 years. So yeah, I'm going to watch it. And 
I mean, I saw four boxing matches, and I haven't watched a boxing match in forever, so I thought they were pretty good. It'd be like if you didn't watch wrestling for five years, and then you turned on a ta- you know NXT TakeOver. Doesn't matter if it was one of the shittier TakeOvers. You'd be like, man, this is really great action. Um, <laughs> the uh, I will say I, there were two more undercard. There was, there was three undercard fights. Uh, the one that everybody was talking about was the Jake Paul and Nate Robinson fight, which was... Not technical at all. You could tell that neither one of them have a ton of boxing experience. I don't think... I think it was Nate Robinson's like first professional fight. And I think it was Jake Paul's third or fourth. And uh, it looked like two kids fighting in the lunchroom in middle school. I mean, they were just like throwing you know, punches. And there wasn't a whole lot of guards and anything. But there was a really nice TKO in that. Um if if there's any complaint I have, it's that there was like a musical performance between each match. So <laughs> really, you, you know how annoying that is. Well, there's only four fights, and they had to make this thing last, you know, three hours or whatever. Um, but I thought that the the uh, Roy Jones Jr. versus Tyson fight was iconic, man. I mean, no, nobody got knocked out or whatever, and that's I, you know, I guess that's like what you want to see. Everybody enjoys a good knockout, me included. But um, it was just amazing to see Tyson get in there. I think he's 54 or 51. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to fight him. Uh, <laughs> I don't know anybody who would want to fight him, you know. Uh, pretty much all the toughest people I know, he would probably knock the living shit out of them. So uh, he did, he looked like he was 35 in there, man. He, he I mean, and he went eight rounds. He went the distance. And he looked fine. He looked like he could have gone another eight. So yeah, I, from from the scenes that I've seen, uh, he looks uh, he looked pretty good. Um, I I kind of I kind of just want to you know take the uh, the hangover stance that, that that did you see that? But man, he still got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and he he does still have it. He says he's gonna fight again. So. Uh, I wasn't planning on talking about that, but uh, it is uh, it is a current hot topic out there. So before we go too far into it. Actually, if I could, the last boxing event actually that I did watch was, was before that. And um, it had probably one of the most controversial decisions I've seen this year. Um, there was a fight, and I can't remember exactly who was in it. But um, I tuned or uh, me and my friend Josh, we tuned into it and we saw this and it took them 30 minutes to because they were reviewing if there was a headbutt in the fight. And then they called it a no contest and they spent 30 minutes and even the announcers on ESPN who, who were like, they are telling us to go back like, and rewind this for you. So here we're going to rewind it. And they were saying, they're like, we have found no headbutt. There is no headbutt in there. Not in there. And it took them 30 minutes, and they still got it wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, boxing is so technical, man. And there's so many rules. And, uh, you know, that is something that kind of did happen in the – uh, Jones Jr. and Tyson fight is there, you know, there was a lot of like technicalities where the ref would break them up and they did a lot of grappling and stuff and they called it a draw. And I think they agreed. 
that it was unless someone got accidentally knocked out, I think they were going to call it a draw no matter what. <laughs> um, and and, I, and that's fine, you know. A, a, a preordained finish is not something that I uh, have a problem with, obviously. Um, but the, it was a good contest, man. Uh, maybe it's just me looking at it through a wrestling lens of these two mega stars going at it. I didn't need to see anybody die um, for to realize and feel like how iconic it was, um, you know. So I liked it. But um, before I go too much further, so I want to talk about why we've been on this hiatus. And I kind of, I kind of like that we were to an extent because um, it did allow me to get everything uh, situated for us to be on audio and video podcast. Uh, and also, um, you know, just doing some housekeeping, taking a little break from doing this new format, you know, before I never even thought about us doing like season one, season two, so on and so forth. But it just so happened that we had one special edition and 20 episodes that we had done. And I said, that seems like a season, you know, of TV. Yeah. And I was like, that's just a great number. So I was like, fuck it. That's season one. Uh, we were, you can, it's amazing. I, I watched and listened to, I watched like the first 10, 15 minutes and then I switched to the audio for the first and the last episode we did. And it's insane. The, the difference, uh, kind of how far we came from that first episode from the audio issues to us, not really knowing the format of this, like how, what we wanted to do with it. Um, you know, to kind of how, where we ended up, um, so, uh, what happened is, uh, I got a new desk. If, if anybody's paying real close attention, my angle here has changed in my house. I have like a really, I've always wanted one of those standing desks. Uh, so I've got one that I can adjust the, the height on the desk. So if I wanted to right now, I could hit a button and the desk would raise up and I could stand and do this. Um, <laughs> that's pretty dope. Yeah, it's neat. And, uh, it's very, it's very expensive and, uh, and it took me about a whole day to put it together and move all my stuff. Um, but uh, once you get it together, I mean, you, I could never go back from it now. It's got wheels on it. I can roll it around. It'll collapse to be about that tall. Um, it's heavy as shit, but I mean, it's got wheels on it for a reason. Uh, <laughs> that being said, you know, I, I was moving all my stuff. Uh, a bunch of my monitors were like bolted to my desk. And it was this big L-shaped desk with like overhead storage and stuff. I mean, it just takes forever to take it all apart. And uh, my main monitor that I used for everything, for video editing, this podcast, gaming, like an $1,100 gaming monitor, uh, it, I, I set it over there on the couch. And the back of it, where you adjust the monitor height, uh, it had uh, I, I compressed it all the way down. And for some reason, it just sort of decompressed. And so the monitor went from the smallest, shortest height that you can make it to the tallest, it, it like instantly, which launched it off of the couch and it rolled across the floor and I turned it on and there's just parts of the screen missing and like red pixels everywhere. And I was so, after, after like nine hours of work, uh, of moving everything and putting desks together and all, taking the old one apart and all that. Then I ruined my $1,100 monitor. So it is actually still not here. Um, I got a new gaming monitor. 
And then I was waiting on it to come back because it takes two screens for me to be able to do this. Um, and uh, it's still not back. So finally I said to hell with it. And I just got a cheap monitor that I could use as a side monitor so I could, so we could start podcasting again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the delay. Uh, <laughs> um, cool. It's still worth it. I still like, I really love my new setup. Um, but uh, yeah, I am glad to be back. We are here for season two. Um, we are going to do some things. So today, uh, you know, the question is, all right, what are you guys going to cover? So today we're not going to get into, I knew it was going to be a bunch of bullshit. So we're not going to get into a, uh, uh, you know, a specific topic. We're not reviewing a pay-per-view. We're going to talk about just kind of how wrestling is uh, right now. I guess uh, this is our state of, the state of wrestling, December 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, uh, before we get into that, we'll finish up with that. But before we get into that, let's talk about our favorite topic here. Uh, nope, not that one, not the one that you use. Uh, I'm talking about Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, and uh, that's going to be season three. If you go back to um, earlier this year, we did a prediction show. Uh, you can find that anywhere you get your podcast content. Uh, but uh, we, we did a, a prediction show. We predicted some topics for Dark Side of the Ring Season 3. Uh, and then it got officially renewed for Season 3. And uh, there have been some leaks out there where uh, we have found out some of what the uh, episodes are going to be. Now, we'll talk about this again when we get to a full episode list. Um but uh, it's interesting some of the items that have been leaked out. So uh, you ready? You ready for this, Caleb? I'm ready, man. This is how we, you know, originally um, started this show. So so I'm excited to revisit it again. That's right. Dark Side of the Rings, our bread and butter. Uh, we are avoiding the uh, Owen Hart episode because neither of us wants to watch it again. But uh, we are going to cover it. Uh, we keep saying that, but we we are going to cover it, folks. Uh, it's just. Uh, you know, I need to wait until I'm in a really good mood and want to yeah. ruin it, and uh, <laughs> and, yeah. and that's how it is. That's so, a, yeah, that's basically um, uh, what my issue was with with all that was, and, and and it was really because if you think about it, we were we were just covering so many back to back that after a while, all that dark like energy from those episodes i guess were just like really affecting yeah i I don't know about you but it affected me like it it put me in a in a depressed mood i was like i can't do this yeah i mean the second the the second episode we did second and third episodes because i mean you guys saw these a week apart but we did them in one sitting so we did episodes two and three and that was the benoit guerrero tragedy we sat here for two and a half solid hours, folks, and, <laughs> and talked about possibly the darkest thing to ever happen to professional wrestling. Yeah. I, I don't know what I did the rest of the day after that, but I probably like drank and watched television and tried to not think about it. I I, I was the same way. In fact, uh, in fact, actually, for me, what it was was. I believe, if I remember correctly, we did this uh, this way. We did the Von Erichs story, and then that night, uh, the Owen Hart episode came out. Yeah. And so 
we did we did the Von Eriks episode, which is all about suicide, pretty much. And then we did, and then I watched the Owen Hart episode, and literally it was one of those times in my life where I went, I cannot watch wrestling right now. Like I have to watch something that does not involve death or <laughs> anything. Right. It was just, and plus, you know, it, it, 2020 has just been such a weird year for everyone. You know, it's just, it, 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 it really, you know, I think put it all in perspective pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, a lot of that was tough to do, but fortunately now we're at that point where we've got Owen Hart. That's the only one I think we're going to do out of the first two seasons. So the okay. new ones we can do as they come out and, um, we have some confirmed, or at least heavily rumored by um, very credible sources, topics for season three. So, um, one of the confirmed topics is the fall of Hulkamania slash the steroids trial. Well, which, that one I don't hear about. Yeah. Uh, so, fall of Hulkamania slash the steroids trial. I believe the steroids trial actually is was your pick on the list was it not for the uh for our predictions i think it might have been um I, or i don't even i don't even think that like i had that as one of my picks or as just an honorable mention no it was number seven on our top 10 okay 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 yeah. i guess <laughs> i went back and i went back and grabbed the episode so 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 you guys don't have to go back and watch i'll i'll just roll these off real quick this was our list of what we had and it's going to be, we didn't know this yet, but it's going to be 14 episodes. Mm -hmm. So it it's actually possible we could get all of them um, because we only picked 10, but we did have some honorable mentions. I don't have the honorable mentions here, but here was the top 10 list uh, in order. Uh, we had China, we had Perry Saturn, Brian Pillman, Test, Mike Awesome, uh, the Lawler and Andy Kaufman feud, uh, the steroid trial, uh, Louis Piccoli, uh, Ashley Massaro, and also the fall of XPW. So that was our 10. Um, and so the steroid trial is on there. Um, one of our honorable mentions that we did have, I know that we talked about this person because uh, we talked about how I, I had seen him at Dragon Con earlier this year, uh, was Jake Roberts. Um, mm -hmm. Jake the Snake has a very well-documented, um, very troubled past. Um and uh it, but it, it has a happy ending though uh he he has made you know leaps and bounds and really like just turned his life around for the better uh so uh, that one thankfully has a happy ending and he can talk at length about it and he's such a great orator uh so uh jake roberts actually and his entire family uh is one of the the topics um, yeah, that one we didn't call was was the whole family being involved. Like, like, like yeah. we just called Jake Roberts. But that's going to be interesting to hear. And if you want to know just how good Jake Roberts is, just go look at the promo he cut on Cody Rhodes uh, in AEW. That's still to me. It's just every time I see it, I'm just like, oh, it's so good. You've seen that, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, yeah, so... Uh, his dad was, uh, Grizzly Smith. Uh, mm -hmm. he's apparently going to be covered. Um, and then, um, Robin Brian Smith. Houston. What's that? I think, I think, uh, didn't he have a brother named Brian Houston? 
Yeah, so it was Sam Houston. Sam Houston. He, Sam Houston. He may have done both. I don't know, but so so the 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 leak is for all the four of them: Grizzly Smith, Jake the Snake Roberts, Rock and Robin, and Sam Houston. And so mm-hmm. that'll be very interesting because I know a lot about Jake and a lot about his story, but I don't really know a ton about the rest of the family. So uh, I'll do my research after the episode, and uh, we'll kind of go from there. Um, so that one, I'll give us credit for that one. Uh, it was in our honorable mentions. We called Jake Roberts. Uh, another one that's on our list, and this was one that I had on there, and that was, uh, and we both agreed that this would probably be an episode, which is uh, Flying Brian Pillman. Yep. Uh, that is going to be incredible. I'm really yep. looking forward to that, and I'm sure that they've probably got Brian Pillman Jr. on there to talk about it as well. Oh, of course. Yeah, so that'll be good for him. Uh, he's such a good performer, uh, such a charismatic athlete, and, it, and it'll be great to have him on there, and that'll kind of boost his profile up a little bit because a lot of eyes get you know, seen on dark side of the ring. And you can also spot him out there in the crowd at AEW sometimes as well with some of the other like indie workers and stuff out there. So very cool on that. The one we didn't call though, and this is the one that uh, is, this is not rumored. This one is a hundred percent confirmed by the series creators. They will do an episode on the 1995 Collision in Korea event, which was co-promoted by both WCW and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Now, this one, I've, I know a good bit about it, but I don't really know if there's like a lot of dirt in the background to to be had. I don't really know a lot about that. I, I don't know either. And and how I first heard about uh, that, that that one was confirmed was Eric Bischoff actually mentioned it on 83 Weeks Podcast. And, you know, I, I, I thought, I, like, as I sat there and heard it, I was like, I was like, well, I mean, what, what dark side of the ring pretty much uh, can they come up with that? And... One of the things I remember, and, and this could be something uh, to it, I'm not sure exactly, but Eric Bischoff said that one morning uh, when he was over there that he went for a jog, just went for a regular jog like he always does here in the States, and he was literally targeted by Korean military people telling him that like if you go any further we are going to shoot you basically yeah. so I, I don't know if that I don't know if that kind of stuff will play into it but the, right then and there you know that that right there is already a story but he, he he said that like he actually feared for his life at one point so I'm assuming that there's got to be a lot of a lot of stuff that we don't know about that that made that event happen pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And anytime you have, you know, just two like small to medium size, you know, companies that are going to co-promote an event and do like a crossover, that's Mm -hmm. always a huge headache, huge pain in the ass. And if you don't do it right, it can also end up being a huge loss for both companies financially. Well, Uh, that, that, and you're also doing it in a foreign country. Right. And we know that this event was not a financial loss. Uh, it actually set attendance records. Uh, and so, you know, it made a lot of money that we know. Um, 
but uh, it'll be very interesting to see kind of what comes out of this and what we find out in this episode because these documentaries have been incredibly informative so you can yes. definitely look forward to us covering all of these yes so um yeah man i i i'm i'm looking forward to season three i don't know what the release date is for it but we're gonna get 14 episodes that's 14 free episodes for us that we you know don't have to come up with a different topic for um, you know, we don't have to cover, you know, Starcade 92 or whatever. And, uh, we can kind of go along with it. One thing I want to mention is something that we have wanted to do for a while is cover the AEW pay-per-views, uh, as they come out. And we've kind of missed the mark every time we got it set to, set up to where we could do that. And then they had all out and it was awful. And I'm glad we didn't have to cover that. And then they had full gear, and we weren't able to record. So, yeah, because I was about to say full gear was the best pay per view that they've ever done. I yeah, I I don't know if I agree with that. I think I still like Revolution more. Well, I I, I did like Revolution, but I, for me personally, I loved full gear. I just I loved it from top to bottom. I thought their match orders actually made sense this time. I didn't feel it was thrown together. Um, I just, I, I loved everything about that. Well, well, let's get into it. So, um, you know, we're, we're going to talk about kind of the state of wrestling, um, you know, uh, for the rest of this episode anyway. So let, let's just go ahead and get into, uh, AEW, right. Uh, and, and we could talk about full gear because that's kind of the, that was the thing where everybody was looking for it. Hey, is this going to be another disaster? Because, even the hardcore AEW fan base said, all right, look, All Out was, I mean, there were safety concerns for the talent. It wasn't even to the point that it wasn't a good show. It was the fact that it was dangerous for the talent. And AEW, I think, has to have a higher standard for their talent and for their athletes than WWE has to. I would yeah. love for them both to have a high standard for that, but AEW came out at the beginning and said, hey, this is going to be for the wrestlers. This is going to be the place where the wrestlers want to come work. That wasn't what we saw at All Out, but I don't, I don't want to sit here and shit on All Out. That's been done. You can watch that anywhere. Anybody that reviews any of this stuff, if you want to hear somebody shit on All Out for two and a half hours, uh, you know, tune into Cornette, and <laughs> he will be happy <laughs> to do it about... All Out or any of their other shows. Um, I was about to say, he shits on everything they do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about Full Gear. So I, I will start at I will start on the negatives because I don't have a long list of those. Um, I, uh, I, 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 everybody knows this that watches this show, right? I hate Kenny Omega. <laughs> I just do. He's just, to me the most overrated guy and and I don't want to go off on a tangent on this but I'm gonna uh, the man okay I all right the trilogy with Okada right amazing you're never going to hear me say otherwise and anybody that says otherwise is a fool right. but <laughs> the thing is Okada has amazing matches with everyone yeah. Kenny Omega, just because he can do a shit ton of wrestling moves, it doesn't mean that he was contributing to that trilogy equally with Okada. And I don't, you'll never convince me that he was. 
since he's come to AEW, he is the Roman Reigns of AEW because <laughs> because and and I not not to say that he's as bad in the ring as Reigns because he physically he's not, athletically he's not. But in a, but I get the same emotion when I watch either of them. Uh, just because he doesn't do 700 Superman punches, uh, I, I still get the same emotion when I watch either one of them, which is this person is being shoved down the audience's throat, and the audience is in no way asking for it. Because I don't think Kenny Omega has the fan base in America and, 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 and in the AEW fans that equals his push. I think Adam Page... Is is way more over, and, and 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 I can see that. But see that that's where I disagree with you. I don't I don't think that he is is being shoved down our throats like that. I, I just I don't because if you look at it, he's been in the tag team division with Hangman Page. You know, he's really he's only main evented. One pay-per-view. He's made he made evented with Jericho, which obviously it had to be that. And you know, the, and then well, all right. So I guess you could say that he also made evented it with Moxley, even though technically uh that's a lights out uh match and stuff like that. But as far as like you know, him being shoved down throats or anything like that, to me, I I don't see it that way. Because again, I, you know, it's not like Roman Reigns who has headlined, you know, like twenty-seven pay-per-views. Um, in I, WWE. I agree. It's not to the same degree as Reigns. I, I I agree with you. And I think I think he's overrated in a to a lot of people because of Dave Meltzer. Mm-hmm. That's why I think so. But I think if you were to take away what Meltzer says. Then you would be like, well, this guy might not be my favorite or anything like that, but he can go a hell of a lot better than half of the people in this industry. I I think physically, I think he can do the moves. I think the athleticism and the accuracy and the moves that he does are great, but I don't Mm -hmm. think that he has the charisma to be where he is. And I hate and maybe Jim Cornette has ruined me, but I hate the jazz hands. I hate the pointing. I hate the fact that he's like that. His gimmick is supposed to be that he's like this anime character or whatever. I just, I don't, I, I get it, and I still don't like it. And I think to the average person tuning into Dynamite, they don't get it at all. Um, and I just think I think there are there are so many people on AEW that I would rather see in that spot. And I think that's what really does it for me. I get that he's, you know, it, he's not going anywhere. Don't get me wrong. I'm just one man. He's, it's not like, you know, I don't like him. And so they're going to stop using him. Uh, if yeah. they were going to do that, they would have fired everybody when Jim Cornette did his first podcast about AEW. <laughs> um, yeah. um, other than Omega, um, who, 
he he has that Cena or Reigns effect on me now, though. Like when I see him come out, I just want to get up and go do something else. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, 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 so there's that, and then uh, I also. You know, I, I like a lot of the things that they're doing. I want them to stop giving Chris Jericho any creative control over anything because Jericho, I love Chris Jericho. He is one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time. But he is, when we talk about him being the GOAT, we're talking about him being the greatest professional wrestler of all time. Is he, is he not? He's in the discussion. You can argue with me about whether he is or isn't the greatest wrestler of all time. What you can't argue is whether he's in the discussion. He's definitely in the damn discussion. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, the man is more decorated than anyone. Has reinvented himself countless times. Um, but he does... Someone at AEW needs to be able to tell him no. And I don't think we have that. And if we do, it's Tony Khan and he's not doing it. Um, like so, I'm taking you were not a fan of the dinner debonair. Not at all, and I think they're starting. I think they're starting to ruin MJF. Uh, well, <laughs> because I, MJF I, I, should have stayed as that. I don't want to be liked at all. Heel, right? Right. He's, he's one of the few left in the business. Well, and, and, you know, who knows, though, because I think they probably I, I think that will eventually end up happening. Like he's he's still going to be that guy that no one likes and stuff like that. Um, I I mean, I wasn't that big of a fan of the dinner debonair. I didn't mind it. I thought it was pretty entertaining for what it was. Um, but I love I'm not going to lie. I love the Vegas scene. I thought that was hilarious. Yes. That 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 you mean the like extended like hangover parody? Yes. Yeah. That was amazing. I've watched that like 20 times. I thought it was great. Um I I just I know that o- over the years like Jericho has a certain sense of humor and maybe it's cuz he's Canadian, I don't know. But uh it's just not funny to everyone or nearly everyone. Not saying all his stuff isn't cuz like a lot of his stuff is, but I just, I think there's that line where it's like, Jericho's like, hey, it'd be funny if we did this. And not everybody has good ideas 100% of the time. Most people are lucky to have good ideas 50% of the time. Yeah. I I just, I think that some, there needs to be a filter there. Somebody to say, yeah, you know, I don't think that's a great idea. And I just don't, I feel like when I watch the show that no one's doing that. There's no Vince McMahon to say, what is this? Ah, get this out of here. You know, we're, we're last minute. We're scrapping this. Like, I don't want to go back to all out, but the damn tooth and nail match, right? They had that shit on video and they still decided to air it. It wasn't like that happened live. Somebody watched that back and was like, yeah, let's open the pay-per-view with this. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I was going to say that because I was, I was going to be like, if people keep bringing that up, I'm going to be like, look, they haven't done it since. So obviously they know it was a bad idea. And yeah, you know, I think that that's my thing though, when it comes to creativity and wrestling, like I think that like people, if it comes off bad on TV, you know, that that's one thing, 
but you don't know if a if an idea is really that terrible unless you try it. Right. You know, and sometimes some things just don't work out. The dinner debonair is is you know one thing, but like you know, say say like you have an angle or a feud, right? I've heard so many people over the years say, well, well, this feud didn't work out and this angle didn't work out, and they they act like you know, it, it, that people intentionally try to put on this bad angle or something like that. And it's, and it's like, no, I mean, you know, it, sometimes things just don't work out. The chemistry wasn't there. The idea wasn't there. Maybe it was just too rushed. Maybe some things happen. You know, it just, it, it's that kind of stuff to where I just feel like that's where people are just a little bit too critical of things. And, and I get when something is bad, I can watch something and say that was terrible. Like I said, you know, all out was terrible. And, and I don't think anyone will deny that even AEW Tony Khan said, uh, at, like he didn't say it right afterwards, but he said it after, but he said it a couple of weeks later, he was like, yeah, that that just a lot of things just didn't go right for us on that show and everything like that. So, you know, I, it, 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 that's just that's just my take on it. Is that like you know if 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 you bring up like you know the tooth and nail match and I'm like, well, they haven't done it since then, so <laughs> and they haven't even yeah. tried to do it. Yeah, Although I, mean, I want to admit, you got to admit, seeing Tony Schiavone get waxed was hilarious. <laughs> I mean. My here's my thing, uh, you know, and I've talked about this on the show before. With like the one of the good things about AEW is WWE is so controlled. Mm-hmm. Everyone's promo scripted. Mm-hmm. Everything is down to the minute. This guy knows where to put this camera, and this person's going to do this move at that camera at that time, and everything is just so laid out so that it cannot possibly go as terrible as All Out went. If Matt mm-hmm. Hardy had taken that fall in WWE, they'd have stopped the match and he'd have been in the hospital within 20 minutes. Yeah. I don't care what he would have said. I don't care what the on-site doctor would have said. They wouldn't have made a call on it. And that's the right thing to do. Don't get me wrong. But the thing about AEW, if you don't want that insanely controlled environment, and when I listen to wrestling fans who are disgruntled with WWE, which is most of them, yeah. they say, hey, I missed when this wasn't all this controlled and scripted. And, you know, people cut their own promos. Well, guess what? When you take that control back, when you ease that control back, you can you have now the ability to get some really awesome, unscripted, spontaneous spur of the moment shit. But guess what? You also have the possibility of getting all out. And uh, so that's... That's it. That's what it is. And, you know, as somebody that books or books wrestling shows, I, I understand. Sometimes you sit down at the table and go, that's a great idea. And then you put it in front of people and you're like, oh, man, that was bad. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and and it does happen. So, you know, I'm not I've gone through everything I had to say that was bad about it. Uh, I loved um, uh, everything Orange Cassidy does, except for the Mimosa shit. I've loved. Um, Still not what a fan of the women's division, but I, I I don't hate it. I could take it or leave it. What'd you think of the uh uh street fight, that parking lot brawl? Yes. I actually really enjoyed that. I loved it. 
yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, uh, I actually, uh, I, I actually liked the re- uh, Matt Hardy, Sammy Guevara rematch, um, the Elite Deletion match. I re- actually enjoyed that for once. Yeah. Uh, Darby Allen uh, and Cody was fantastic. As Darby mm-hmm. Allen, I think is uh, it's hard to say he's underrated when he's got the mid card title at like you know, second biggest show there is, but somehow I still feel that way. Yeah. And, 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 you know, he, he's making his way up there. I have a feeling it's going to come down to him and Moxley at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Moxley, by the way. Yeah. I, I, let me tell you who I love. Let me tell you who I really love on this card. And, and just in general in AEW, Eddie fucking Kingston. I knew you were going to say that. I love Eddie Kingston as well. Eddie Kingston is the guy. And he's been the guy for a long time. Um, He had a feud with Henry and Evolve. And uh, I don't even have to tell you what that was like. I bet it was amazing. It was. It was. They beat the dog shit out of each other. Uh, (laughs) Eddie Kingston is the real deal. And, And that's kind of, you know... I hate to echo Cornette, but that's kind of like, it's like, okay, this segment, you've got Eddie Kingston literally talking about killing the man's family, and then you go to commercial break and you come back, and the the two of the top heels on the show are having dinner and have a singing and dancing number. That's, you know, I, I just want a little continuity, and I, I want MJF to be serious. I want him to be so serious that maybe he is, it is funny, because he can't, like, you know, no one else takes him as seriously as he does. That's the kind of thing I think would get over well for him. But I just want MJF to be that smarmy, slimy fucking person. And I just and I just think that we're missing that in wrestling everywhere else. And I think he has a very bright future ahead of him, regardless of what AEW does with him here. Um, but he's just he's such a talented guy. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I, I've, I've liked his work uh, and everything like that. Like, like we said, Cody. I got to say, though, I did think at full gear that match between um, FTR and the Young Bucks, that lived up to everything that it was supposed to be and more. I lo- And for anyone who always wants to say, well, the Young Bucks are just a bunch of spot monkeys and stuff like that, I want everyone to go and actually watch that match because there was not that. I mean, yes, they did their Young Bucks spots, but they told a good story. And I love the ending to the matchup because the ending to it was FTR wanted to try to show up the Young Bucks and it cost them. Yeah. That's just storytelling one-on-one in my opinion. I did not like their previous match at all with Omega and Paige yeah I hated it a lot (laughs) um the full gear uh match I liked it a lot more um I'm I'm I've said before I'm not a fan of these like really long ass matches uh but I did enjoy the Bucks and FTR I, I I really hope that they put the belts back on FTR though and give them a long run um, there is a big dynamite coming up this week. 
this episode will have already, you know, will air after. So, I guess this past week. Because this is the big one, right? Wednesday, this coming Wednesday. Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, future episode, maybe we'll have to talk about that. But we don't do these very often. It's not really our wheelhouse. Uh, it is yours. So, you know, I'm sure that Stovall Wrestling Network, you can go follow <laughs> that and uh, and uh, take a look at it. You've got a new format over there, right? New co-host and all that. Uh, yeah, um, I've got, uh, I've got some new co-hosts. Um, I've got, um, uh, Christian Fury, or as I call him, Jay. Um, he, he comes on and also, we also, uh, we'll also have, uh, some stop buys by, uh, the survivor of pain, Mr. Bill Blanchard, who you know very well. And actually it's great that I, I'm glad that you brought up Stovall Wrestling Network because, um, I'm actually going to be having, a lot of brand new changes to the show in general um, because originally when I, when I first launched that podcast, I wanted it to be, you know, I, I didn't want it to sound like every smart mark podcast that there was out there where everything is just critical and everything like that. And uh, I've, I've also come to, you know, realize that like, I, I'm just, I guess I'm not as big as a fan of the behind the scenes stuff as everyone else, because I just want to sit back and enjoy the pro the product like I did, you know, as a child and stuff like that. So uh, on the Stovall Wrestling Network coming up, we're going to actually turn it into the Stovall Wrestling Network, where we're going to be watching uh, a bunch of old-time events, and we're mostly just going to be covering uh, events and stuff like that, not really covering news. We'll probably mention some news, though, uh, if it's if it's big enough and stuff like that, but we're just going to be talking um, about old-time wrestling events, because I, I really uh, love going back and watching stuff from 1995, the 90s in general, and uh, I've also been watching a lot of old NWA, some some of the 80s, like uh, 86, basically, which was their best year ever. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, that's that's actually really cool. Um, I'm glad you mentioned, Bill. I actually just recently did a very lengthy um, interview with him on uh, his podcast, The Shootout, um, which uh, I thought was... Uh, really fun. We we talked for about two and a half hours. Uh, time just kind of gets away from you. Um, yeah. So, you know, big changes over at Stovall Wrestling Network. Big changes over here at Entertainment Evolved. Um, you know, before we get into this next thing, I, I think this is a good time to mention that uh, I'm actually going to probably do some short interviews for this season. Just as kind of like bonus episodes. Uh, to get a few people on to do some uh, interviews with. But I don't really want to do kind of what's already out there. Uh, there's a mm -hmm. lot of places that are doing really, you know, nice extended interviews. Uh, you know, friends of the show, Suplexes and Microphones, they do a nice long extended interview. Tapped Out Wrestling Podcast does those things. So um, I, I'm going to say I'm going to try to keep them short. Uh, we all know that when you get to chatting – uh, it doesn't always work that way, so yeah. we'll see. You talked about big news. We had to talk about this. Uh, everybody's talking about this. What did you think of The Undertaker's farewell? 
Uh, it was interesting. Um, for one, uh, I watched Survivor Series as it happened, and um, I didn't think it was that bad of a show. But at the same time, as a lot of stuff didn't make sense on it, like a lot of stuff is right now on uh, WWE. Um, but I, I really wish that they could have held this off for when we actually had um, a real crowd because you just had a bunch of fake Undertaker chants um, going through and everything like that. And the one thing I'll say about it is I didn't understand why we had all of these separate entrances for these like legends and friends of the Undertaker. And then just all of a sudden they do the Metallica tribute video and then they're gone. <laughs> like, yeah. That, this nothing. Don't hear from them or anything. I will say this though. I popped hard when uh the Godfather and the Godwins music hit. I was just like, oh yes, yeah. The Godwins. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, it was definitely Survivor Series as a whole. I, I I'll be honest, I didn't watch it. I read I read kind of the rundown of what happened, just to you know be able to make conversation. Um, I, I, we've talked about this a ton of times. I hate the crowdless wrestling. I hate that Undertaker didn't get his last match or his farewell in front of people. The Thunderdome's cool, but I'm so tired of the, we can't have an audience gimmicks and don't get me wrong. It's not the company's fault. They can't do anything else right now. Trust me. I'm in the same situation where we can't run a show at all, (laughs) but, uh, we started this podcast because of this. You know, it, it is what it is. Um, but I just, I, I don't have to like it. I understand why it has to be done. I just don't like it. Um, well, real quick, because I don't even think that we've really talked about the Thunderdome. But I want to I get your uh, perspective from a production standpoint. To me, there's too much going on with yeah. the lights. Like, yeah, yeah. like to me, it, it's liable to send someone into an epileptic seizure. The, the that, that, ideal that, thing to do at a wrestling show, right, is the beginning of the show. You want all the lights up. You want to pan that camera around. If 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 you're if you have a nice nice crowd. If you don't, don't pan the camera around with the lights on. But <laughs> you you want to get that big crowd shot, and then you want to turn those lights the fuck off, so that the only thing that's lit up is the ring and the entrance and the places where your cameras need to get shots of what your product is. The Thunderdome is like, there's just a little light every, you know, meter. And it drives me absolutely fucking bonkers trying to watch it. <laughs> and I, I have to force myself not to look at it. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm so far from being interested in WWE's product these days. It's like, okay, they're going to do a farewell thing for The Undertaker. Great. That just means I liked it 20 years ago or whatever. It doesn't mean that I like it now. And I, and I don't. I just don't. I, I, you know, I, I just don't. Edge had his return. I should have been hyped for that. He had to return in front of no one. And he's mostly been stuck with Randy Orton, who is not phoning it in as much as he has, but he still spent like 10 years phoning it in. Um, I just, I've talked about this before. It's all filler and I, nothing matters 
anymore. It's not like something big happens on Raw and then on SmackDown or even on the next week on Raw, like everything is now different because that thing happened. It, it's like Raw happens and then the next week Raw happens again and you don't even need to know what happened last week to to care about any of it. You know, yeah. There's no continuity. You could just tune in and watch an episode of Raw and you would know the same amount as someone who's watching it every week and as someone who's actually booking this shit because no one knows what's going on because it doesn't matter. And it's all dumb. All the storylines are these overly complex, just the wrestling storylines are simple. This guy doesn't like this guy. Then then they have a match. Like, you know, um, people don't want these overly complicated stories. So, you know, I, I, I definitely tuned in to watch Undertaker's Farewell, and I enjoyed that. But also the whole time I was like, if these people weren't in the ring, none of whom pretty much are in active competition, I wouldn't care about this. Yeah. I, I, I agree, but I will say this, though. When watching The Undertaker get emotional and stuff like that, I'm not going to lie. I shed a few tears and everything. Because, if you know, when you look at it, it truly is the end of an era of wrestling. You know, he he did so much in his wrestling career and we were alive for mostly all of it. Yeah. And, you know, he, he was part of one of the greatest periods in wrestling history, the Monday night wars. I mean, Several he was of the greatest. Yeah. 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 The greatest. And, you know, I and so like I'm not gonna lie, I shed a few tears. I also definitely shed a tear when they did the hologram of Paul Barra. That was a nice um, touch. That was, and uh, it, it it was fitting and everything, and you could tell uh, Taker was emotional and stuff like that. Um, but you know, it, 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 I, I definitely wish he could have gotten a better send off. Um, you know, and I'm sure people can beat it to hell and back if they want to. But it is what it is, um, and it's his final farewell. Um, and I truly believe that it is the final farewell. I don't think he's coming back for another match because if 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 you talk to him, uh, he's just like, nah, man, I'm I'm actually glad I'm not wrestling right now. Like he's done. He's I don't think he wants to go through any more surgeries. I don't think he wants to do any of that. He wants to spend the time that he has with his kids now and his wife now, because he's because he's even said it. You know, he uh, he missed out on a lot, and uh, that's why his marriage, his first marriage, you know, of course, with the infamous Sarah. And I say that because she was used on a storyline, and he, uh, and he her, used to have her name tattooed on his throat. He did, he did, and then he took that off. Yeah. <laughs> um. And, and, and you could still see the scar sometimes from that. But, um, yeah, like, so that didn't work out. And he's got children from that marriage. And, um, you know, he even said that, like, you know, he threw himself so much into the Undertaker character that, you know, he neglected a lot of things, which is, you know, to be fair, a lot of wrestlers do that. That's 
And and I don't that doesn't make you uh, a bad person, by the way. That's just how the business is. You know, right. that's just that's just what you do. And you accept that, too. When, when you're in that business, you're, you're like, no, I, I mean, this is the life. Ric Flair's even said it. You know, he he you know, he never thought he was being a bad parent because he wasn't there for his kids and everything. He was just like, no, this is just what I did. You know, kind right. of thing. Like, so yeah. But I do think it is. It is the final farewell. I wish it was on. Uh, you know, on on I guess better terms and everything. But it is what it is. Uh, like like you're gonna get what you get um, in this COVID era. And I, I want to bring back something real quick because um, we were we were talking about you know storylines in WWE. Why is it? that grown men and women cannot just act normal in <laughs> WWE. Right. Why is it that some of, cause some of these storylines, I swear to God is because you hurt my feelings. So I hate you. That's, that is PG. That's kitty stuff. Right. Like, it's like, come on guys. We're, we're like, I think the only thing that I have liked is the hurt business. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and MVP is amazing. I mean, they're yeah. all amazing, but MVP is fantastic. And you know that I have uh, that I I consider Cedric Alexander to be possibly the most underrated guy maybe in the world uh, oh, as far as pro wrestling goes. Oh, absolutely. I, I admit, I mean, I thought his match with Kota Ibushi in the uh, uh, Cruiserweight tournament was one of the best matches I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, uh, him and him and Samoa Joe uh, on the Indies forever ago. One of the yes. best matches I've ever seen. Uh, I, I got to see it in my own two eyes. And uh, I just won't, I mean, I'll never forget it. It was amazing. Yeah, uh, amazing, amazing. Just words cannot explain. And those are and those are two of my favorites. And they uh they always have been. I've also been in the ring with the man, so that also makes me uh you know a little bit attached as well to anybody I've had the pleasure of working with uh in person. And uh you know I, I'll tell you too that Cedric was uh, one of the most professional people I've ever worked with. Uh, for someone as talented as he is, it would be very easy for him to have a big ego, uh, and rightfully so. Uh, and but he, but he was just uh, a consummate professional, absolutely. Um, just from the time that I met him and shook his hand to the time he left the building, fantastic to work with. So uh, yeah, agreed. I I kind of want to just see their segments and nothing else. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, and you know, we talk about the state of wrestling uh, real quick. That's not WWE or AEW. Um, you know, MLW recently just returned. Yep. And, uh, and, and, and NWA is also coming back. Yep, yep. They're coming back. And uh, Ring of Honor is, uh, is back as well. And uh, Ring of Honor, to me, has really hit a home run bringing back the Pure Championship. Um, because... If you really want like like where you know you're gonna get a wrestling match, like a pure wrestling match, 
then you watch the pure title tournament or you just watch anything involving the pure championship with those pure rules. It is amazing. I I love that. And, you know, and I think I've mentioned it before on here that that's my problem with AEW. First of all, I'm in a huge AEW mark, uh, especially ever since Atlanta. But that was my thing is, is, that's why I don't like segments on there like the dinner debonair or the tooth and nail match, because that to me does not scream sports based product. And that's what they said they were going to be you exactly know, with the rankings and all that. And you see how quickly that has faded. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I, speaking of ring honor, uh, I kind of, I feel like I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, because uh, this is a this is a two part question. Uh, what okay. are your thoughts on Jonathan Gresham, and did you ever get to see him live when he worked in this area? I did not get the chance to see him. Oh no no no! I I, I did. I saw him at um, at Center Stage for Ring of Honor when I went up there for the TV tapings. Gotcha. Um, and he was amazing then, um, and I absolutely love. Uh, Jonathan Gresham and ROH. Um, I kind of like, I, I like the octopus um, yeah. face that he comes out with. Um, I, first of all, you know me, I'm a ring of honor, Mark. I've, I've always loved their presentation of wrestling because I've always said that even when, you know, they try storylines to me, it's like they have that sports space product. And, the, and their announcers call it like a sport and stuff like that. And so um, I've always been a fan of Ring of Honor. And I like Jonathan Gresham. Um, and he is now the brand new uh, pure uh, championship or pure champion, rather. And uh, he got it in, a, in an amazing match with him and Hot Sauce Tracy Williams. Hmm. Who kind of looked like Finn Balor's uh, illegitimate twin brother, but <laughs> you know it's crazy. Um, I, I don't know if you know this, but Gresham has actually worked like not in the last few years, but around like the 2010 to 2013 era. Uh, Jonathan Gresham worked probably I don't know 15 shows in like the Augusta area, like smaller really? smaller shows and things like that. Yeah, uh, he actually uh, if unless I'm uh, I may be thinking about the show that they had at the Armory in Thompson, but I'm pretty sure Gresham has actually wrestled wrestled in Sweetwater uh, at one of like the fall brawl events that they had there. Uh, I back think then. he did. I think I think he's wrestled a couple of times for Firemen, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So uh, that it's just you know it's it's crazy who you you know you work with one day and they're on the big stage the next. Uh, so yeah, I mean yeah. it's. It's just, uh, you know, this is why you support indie wrestling, folks. You go out, uh, you know, AJ Styles is from Gainesville, Georgia. You know, a town nobody's heard of. So go out to your local indie show because you never know if you're going to see that guy next week on WWE or AEW or wherever. Uh, Any of the number of places that you can uh, make a living wrestling today. But... um, well, speaking of which, real quick, because um, I know we're probably about to wrap things up, but I have to ask you this, because you being a WCW fan like I was, what did you think of NXT's Halloween Havoc? 
So this is disappointing. And I, I probably should have my podcast bar stripped off my jacket for this, but uh, I haven't seen it. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I didn't watch it. Yeah, I, 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 I remember hearing they were going to do Halloween Havoc. And, and let me tell you, this is, this is like, you, you have to be familiar with Viral Pro to get this. So to, to my folks that don't know anything about that, that are listening, I apologize. But, y- you, you know, we had the pumpkins at, at our event that were yeah. reminiscent of the Hall- uh, Halloween uh, Havoc uh, from back in the day. And that's where, that's where I got the idea. And um, we had so many problems with them. Uh, they have these pumps in them that keep them inflated. And whenever the pumps would come on, they drew a ton of power instantly from the building, which caused us to have all kinds of problems. Um, and so I think my brain just like associated that with Halloween havoc and was like, I'm not going to watch this. And so for whatever reason, I remember thinking it was awesome. They were doing one and I didn't watch it. So, why don't we? Why don't we do this? Why don't we put it on the docket for season three? I, I'm down right I'm down here. Again, right here, spontaneous episode decision, folks. We'll we'll put it on the docket for season three. So not only will I watch it, but we'll analyze it top to bottom. I, I'm I'm down to watch that again because because uh, I'm I'm just gonna say this: Shotzi Blackheart is the stealer of the show. All right. Well, I'm up for it. Just and and all she does is host, but the way that she does it, I mean, she just gets so into it that I'm just like, I, I have to give her a standing ovation for it. But I, I liked it; it was great. I'm down for it. There, there right. you have it, folks. New episode announcement. Um, that being said, um, it it is uh, you know, it's getting a little late in the episode here, so we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, I do want to state once again that uh, if you like this program and you're used to watching it on Facebook or YouTube, definitely continue to watch it on those places. We love to come to you in video form, but if you want to listen to us in the car or wherever, uh, you're welcome to find us on Google Podcasts. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on Anchor. Um, You can find us on Spotify, which is actually... Um, where we're getting a lot of listens. I think we're getting the most listens from there right now. And we are going to come to Apple Podcasts soon and several other platforms. If you've got a platform that you listen to your podcast on all the time and you want to see us on there, drop us a message on Facebook. That's the easiest way to get in touch with us. And, uh, you know, I'll get us on there, uh, you know, unless there's some crazy barrier to that happening. That being said, um, we talked about this as well all those places I just named and more because uh, you've been on all these for a, a while now. Um, you know, you can also hear the Stovall wrestling network who, you know, you guys are just changing up the format over there and, and I'm going to let you plug the other one here. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, the power Rangers go podcast. Uh, me and Ace haven't been able uh, to get together in, in a minute, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna definitely have to kin, uh, continue doing that. I've got a lot going on right now. Um, it, it's I'm I'm in the process of uh, starting a brand new job and moving and stuff like that. So a lot of pieces have to fall into place and everything like that. 
But uh, yes, please go and check out the Power Rangers Go podcast. Uh, Mr. Kitchens over here has uh, has appeared on that as well. And uh, literally, we're just going through every single Power Rangers episode ever. And uh, it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Absolutely. Check that out. This is an involved review. We got season two. It is going to be insane. We have a ton of episodes lined up. You just heard one announced here. We're going to do NXT's uh, Halloween Havoc. Dark Side of the Ring, whenever the hell it comes back on. We're ready for it. This has been an evolved review. Thanks, everyone. Yeah.